We're back with another Skull Stories presented by 3M, the official science partner of the Minnesota Vikings. Tonight, we're catching up with Vikings legend running back Chuck Foreman. Welcome back to Skull Stories presented by 3M. Tonight's guest is always a pleasure to talk to. We made his mark during the Vikings' decade of dominance. To this day, his name is still up and down all the Viking running backs' records. His innovative style led him to become a fan favorite. Please enjoy tonight's conversation with old number 44, Chuck Foreman. Well, it's absolutely my pleasure to bring in uh, one of my favorite Vikings that I got to meet and get to know, and guys like with Studwell and uh, you know all these all these guys that uh, that you heard about when you showed up, and that's Chuck Foreman. And so, Chuck, thanks for being on. Uh, how you doing? How, what's what's new with you? What's new with Chuck? That's what we want to know. Actually, I'm on my way back from Miami. I just got inducted into the Ring of Honor down there. We uh, down there for the Clemson game and. Pretty good weekend, enjoyed every bit of it. A lot of my former teammates, and of course, I went in with Jimmy Johnson and Dennis Erickson. So it was a good class to go in in 2023 to the uh, Miami Hurricane Ring of Honor. So I'm I'm kind of like on cloud nine right now, on our way back, almost back. So uh, You should be. Was it an emotional experience? Was it what you thought it would be when you first got the call that you were being added to the Miami Hurricane Ring of Honor? Because there's some rather illustrious names, as you mentioned, already in and now you're that's joining a who's right. who of Ring Honors right there. Uh, that's pretty cool. Yeah, two Ring of Honors for you. Right, it certainly is. And it's been been a long time since they put anybody in there for a while. But, you know, I was already in the Hall of Fame at the University of Miami. But this is like the football Ring of Honor. So that's why, as you know, a lot of great players in, in, in that Ring of Honor. So it's it's a good place to be. Well, Chuck, you were uh, grew up, of course, in Frederick, Maryland, and was also a very good basketball player. Tell me about the recruiting process, and was was uh, football always number one? Because I know you love to play hoops, too. Uh, and it, was there a decision that had to be made? And how did that ultimately end up uh, not only playing football, but ultimately end up in Miami? Well, I don't know. East Coast back in, in my time, you know, basketball was the game, you know. And uh, I had a lot of offers to play pretty much anywhere I wanted to go. Um, I mean, basketball is my favorite, but football – uh, I thought that I'd be able to do a lot more with it because, you know, being a six two and a half, six three forward wasn't going to make it, <laughs> you, you know, in, in the college ranks. I mean, probably I could have played guard. I could have done all, all right, no misunderstanding. But football, I mean, when it came down to the physical thing, I was good to go with that. So I, I just thought that when I sat down after my freshman year at Miami, I played basketball down there my freshman mm-hmm. year and football. But after that, First year, I decided just to stick with football and, and go go from there. So it was, it was the best decision. You were the number uh, 12 overall pick of the uh, first round in 1973 draft. And I my understanding is that you're sitting down, in, you know, you're down in Florida and, and you go, oh, the Vikings drafted me. And for, your first image may have been those flamethrowers they used to thaw out Met right. Stadium turf and thinking, do I want to play football up here? What was <laughs> What was going through your mind? That was crazy. And, yeah. I think I was at the Senior Bowl down there, and you know, Bud Grant and Frank Gilliam and all those guys are down there, and they were looking at me. I didn't even know who they were, to be quite honest with you. First, and my friend Wally Chambers says, "Hey, you know, this guy's over here just looking and staring you up and down." I said, "Who is he?" He says, "I don't know, some gray-haired guy." <laughs> I looked around, and then, no, oh, this is a true story. And so it was Bud Grant. He came over, stood next to me, and. Looked at me, and I'm like, you know, kind of just kind of feeling a little weird. But anyway, and then uh, somebody, then they told us who who he, who he was and stuff like that. But, you know, he was kind of like sizing me up and all that right then. 
And so um, I didn't think much about being drafted by the Vikings, but they had a whole bunch of people. You know, all the teams are there. But then, you know, sure enough, you know, when I got that call, it was Jim Sink hmm. telling me that uh, they picked me in the 12th and – you know, and then he said to me, now, what position do you want to play? Well, I was MVP in every all-star game I played, I guess, you know, and I was a running back when I got those, so I, I'm going to try running back. And so he says, no, you know, because they were thinking about corner, they were thinking about yeah. wide receiver. Jeez. Well, and that's to, I mean, to your credit, I mean, you, you played cornerback at, at the University of Miami. It's not like you're, it's not like you're at Butler playing two ways, right? It's like you're, you're doing this at the highest level college-wise. Right, it certainly was. And so, like, and I was moving around, and so it was good to get, you know, situated in pretty much. So when I was, when I chose to play running back, I was still pretty new at it, you know, because at Miami, I mean, one year I played running back, went, next year I played corner, and then I played wide receiver, then I went back to running back. It was just constant move. But when I got to Minnesota and then I was around, I kind of learned the position from Bill Brown and Dave Osborne, Oscar Reed. They kind of showed me all the little things I needed to know. And Bud just said, you see this guy number 41 over there? I said, yes, sir. He <laughs> says, do everything he does and you'll be all right. <laughs> and that's how it went. Uh. <laughs> so, Chuck, when you watch the game today, um, it has to, it has to make you feel good that you were ahead of your time, right? I mean, you think about the versatility the versatility that you bring, you brought to this team when you played. So you were you I mean basically the, the the cutting edge, so to speak. So that ha- I mean that has to you know you don't have to sit there and say I was old school back in you know back in the day. You were new school. You were cutting edge in the versatility department. You know, Jerry Burns and Bud Grant, they created that whole thing. Because I remember when uh, they decided to put that purple offense and they were running it, but they take it to the Bud Grant, you know, they told me they were going to move me from running back to fullback. And I'm like, wait a minute, <laughs> I'm not going to like that. This is the way it went. I'm going to tell you how it went. And so I'm sitting there and I'm upset, like, you know, Oscar Reed, you know, I'm kind of high strung. I was high strung at that time, really just emotional kind of guy. He said, just calm down, calm down. You know, the, the fullback position is the best position from this offense. And then we're going to, do, you know, we catch the ball a lot. And then Bud Grant uh, told me, he said, listen, he called me in when he saw I was upset. And he explained to me why they were doing it, which, you know, we were going to incorporate more of a, you as more of a receiver runner. And then he also told me at the time, he said, but you're never going to get credit. You're going to be one of the best in the game, no question about it, if you do what you're capable of doing. But you'll never get credit for it because they'll only judge you by your rushing yards, not all you can do over here from receiving. And he was right about that. Hmm. Whereas nowadays, you know, uh, when they evaluate a player now, if you're just a one-dimensional running back, you might not be playing much football. you got to be, you know, a guy that can run it and receive it. So, yeah, I mean, the guys like McCaffrey go. have changed that. Right, right. right. They've, they've changed that yeah, the yeah. dynamic. It's yards from scrimmage now. So Yeah, we're talking to Chuck Foreman. Uh, so many honors. Uh, five-time Pro Bowl, Vikings Ring of Honor, 50 Greatest Vikings, 25th anniversary team, 40th anniversary team, on and on. Uh, you talk about your history, long history. I remember I was kind of a rookie in my in my business, Chuck, as you know, in 1973. Did the quarterback Fran Tarkenden embrace your skill set? And knowing what you just talked about, how Bud and Jerry Burns were installing this purple offense, what was Fran's sort of his relationship with you immediately, and 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 how he took to you, and you took to him. And well, Fran was obviously a smart guy. I wouldn't be surprised if he wasn't a guy that said, "Burnsy, I think we need to do this with this guy," you know, because we we know he can do 
pretty much all these things that we need. And so, but Fran, you know, he took that offense and then, you know, he told me just to stay visible, mm-hmm. <laughs> you know, and uh, that's what I did. In other words, just stay in front of him. And he called some plays, you know, where I went and, and the thing about it was I was isolated so much on, um, on linebackers, you know, so I just yep. had to read the middle linebacker, outside linebacker, and depending on what they were doing, just get rid of the one and go where the other one wasn't. So that was a pretty easy thing to do. And they put me in the slot. They put me outside. So I was able to do all those things. So Fran, you know, he was a creative guy. And um, he made it happen. It's building. It's building a system around the talent that you have, yeah. and obviously, right. with Fran and, and you know, with Chuck, you have you have this. It's simple, but you have mm-hmm. guys that can execute it. So, Chuck, I don't know if you got to see much of the 49ers game, but one of my favorite parts of the whole thing was was there. A, there was actually a little bit of a scuffle at the end. Guys took exceptions to some of the things that are going on. And you almost have to remind people that there was a time when teams and, and players and they didn't they actually did not like each other, believe it or not. They didn't sign jerseys after games. No. Now we're going in the Lambo <laughs> to play Green Bay. Right. Right. And this is it's it's, it's an it's a rivalry as old as as old as this team can possibly be or or is from day one. What do you remember? Just any memories that you have of how much you guys, we as Vikings at the time, disliked that team 500 miles away in Green Bay, whether it's in Milwaukee, because you used to play them in Milwaukee too. Right, right. But how much you just didn't like that team? Well, we we didn't like each other, I mean, at all. I mean, I had to learn that. I'm like, wait a minute, is this a football game? No, it's not just a football game. <laughs> this is the Green Bay Packers. This is like the border, the border battle, and they actually, you know, you just took it to a whole different level of performance and, and commitment when you played the Green Bay Packers. And so – I didn't really understand it, and, you know, until Bud and, of course, he'd have his little talk and, you know, this is the Packers and, you know, we got to do what we need to do to beat them and regardless of whatever it was. So, you know, guys did a little something different when they got prepared for the Green Bay Packers, no doubt about it. So it was a great robbery and continues to be. Yeah, Pete Pete was just talking about the fact of how after games now you see players, even after last you know, uh, the game against right. the, the 49ers, I mean, they, you see them before games. Before games. Chuck, I, I still can't right. believe that, right? They're, they're talking to family and shaking hands before games. Right. I'm like, what's going on? And I remember <laughs> right. Bud in particular, after every game, right. he'd be like this, the school principal, making sure you guys got right. off the field immediately. Off the field. He right. said, if you want to go fraternize with the other team, go go to the team <laughs> bus afterwards. You don't do it on yeah, the field. that's the way it was. You never no, talk you to another player. You, no, you better not. Because he, he might come pull you away from him and not even, not even say anything, but that was a no-no. You know, when when, uh, when the whistle started and blew, you played the game and you better not even say anything to anybody, you know, until after you got cleaned up, went outside, you know, after he, after the game, then you could speak. But uh, all that other kind of fraternizing, wouldn't, that wasn't tolerated. No, not at all. Do you think, do you think that's a good thing, though? That they do that, or do you miss I, you miss the old days? Well, I miss I miss the old days. You know, I mean, hey, you got to you go into battle. There you go. You know, but for you know, and then after that, then that's another story. But you know, I, I agree with the old way of doing things. Stick around for more Skull Stories presented by 3M, the official science partner of the Minnesota Vikings. We'll be right back with more from Chuck Foreman right after this. Heading to a game at U.S. Bank Stadium this season? Well, try the new Vikings-inspired beer from Hop Valley Brewing. Crafted for the fans who bleed purple, Hop Hala Hazy IPA is the game day grog for all Valhalla. 
Welcome back to tonight's edition of Skoll Stories presented by 3M, the official science partner of the Minnesota Vikings. From the field to the roof and everywhere in between, 3M, the official science partner of the Minnesota Vikings, is here. Visit vikings.com slash science to learn more. Now let's get back into our conversation with Vikings legend Chuck Foreman. You're still involved here. Uh, uh, the spin doctor's doing his thing, and I know you're still uh, getting out with the public here in the Twin Cities when you come back to town all the time. And right. I'm sure you get a lot of feedback from fans who grew up, you know, are watching you play. And, uh, you know, that, that's got to make you feel good because uh, the Chuck Foreman's name means so much in this community and for the Vikings history. And the ownership has done a, a really nice job, it seems like, making sure that you guys are a big part of the, the present Minnesota Vikings. Well, they certainly have done a, done a great job, uh, the Wilsons. Everybody involved with the organization, and, um, you know, it's really appreciated the way they've, you know, brought us into the mix and kept us involved with the team and all the different things they're doing to keep us involved with the, with the organization. And we got lucky, and um, when they bought the team, I thought, you know, you look at the facilities they've, they've built, the commitment they've made to the community, and all those different things that they do, and how they make us feel, well, you know, a major, like we're a major part of, of the organization. So uh, that's a great thing, and we're very much appreciative. I know I am that, uh, you know, we got lucky and got some ownership like that. Yeah, it starts with people, too, and it starts with Tom West right. and, and Tracy McDonald, who, yeah, who all really do an amazing job with, with all of us old guys who are just not real easy to get around and talk to and organize. It's right. like herding cats and but uh, there is no question that, that that's changed since since the since the eighties and nineties. No doubt about it. Right. So. Again, we're talking to Chuck Foreman, and Chuck, I want to get your thoughts about you know, the the idea that the running back position is being devalued in terms of not just uh, salary, but also importance in the in the pass happy uh, NFL these days. And going the way of you got like two, three years, three years, four years, and that's about it. And 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 teams move on from running backs. I don't care if you're. Derrick Henry, uh, yeah, it, it seems like that's. I, I, I don't know how that's going to work, but I can tell you what: you take the running game out of the football, it's going to be a lot difficult to to win games because you know uh, it's clock management. Mm-hmm. It's all yep. those different things, and you know I think guys that play running back are going to have to be a little bit more versatile now. But I think the traditional so-called running back, the guys that you only do one thing, like just run, you got to be able to catch it, run it, block it, and do all the things that you need to do if you're going to be playing in the NFL from here on out. And, like, for me, you know, that's the perfect setup. You know, in my time, you know, I didn't get any credit for it. But now they are – that's the route that they're going. And so I think the one-dimensional running back, guy, let's say, mm-hmm. you know, they're going to have a difficult time um, hanging in there. I mean, there will be a position for them that won't be as important. Well, Chuck, you may not you may not get the credit, but you can put your head on your pillow every night knowing that you started it, right? That no, you I, you, I well. you started it, so yeah, exactly. Yeah. So sleep well. Let me ask you this: Is <laughs> there do. is there any are there any players uh, in this in this day and age or now that you will actually like to turn on the TV and watch? I guess the team aspect of it, you know, like for instance, like I do like the way San Francisco plays. I like those aggressive. I like Kamara. I like McCafferty. I mean, he did something last night. He did a little hesitation thing right there, and, one, and he just was gone. He That guy can play. Yeah. So I, I'm more attracted to guys like that that I watch to play. I like, you know, defense. I like it all. You know, when I, I like to see a guy come to play and do what he does and, do, and do it well. But the only thing I would say is, like, 
let me celebrate you. You don't have to get out there and celebrate yourself. You, you mm-hmm. know, you know what I mean? Yep, exactly. I, right. I'm not, I'm not into that part of it. Right. Because I'm like, okay, boy, you make a great play. And I'm sitting there saying, man, that was that one heck of a play, and let me celebrate it with you. But don't be too many other guys today are. Once they make a big play, heck, they could be losing by 20 points and they jumping around like, <laughs> yeah, I made a big play. <laughs> and, but I'm saying, wait a minute, you're losing by 20 points. Right. So why are you just jumping up celebrating? But that's the part of the game that I think uh, I don't like that part of it. You were part of three Super Bowl teams here and some big personalities on the Minnesota Vikings and guys who are just legendary, especially you talk about defense. Uh, if you could speak to you know what it was like to be teammates with, you know, Jim Marshall, Alan Page, Carl no. Eller. I mean, just wow. guys that are just... Um, yeah. You must have loved training camp going against the ones. Oh, oh wow. <laughs> Let me tell you, those guys, you know, when I first... I remember when I first got here, Mark, you were, you know, like you say, you were a rookie too. Yeah, I was. When I first got here from, from the college All-American game down in Chicago, and I got there, and I came to my first practice after all the stuff they put me through, and then... I got to get into the huddle for the first time and mm-hmm. break the huddle and come out there on the huddle. And I'm like, man, there's Jim Marshall, there's Carella, there's Alan Page, there's, you know, all these guys there, you know, the purple people eaters, you know what I mean? Yeah. And I'm sitting there just getting ready to go out and break the huddle. And I, and I, they called the play and I was just standing there looking at them, <laughs> you know, because I couldn't believe, yeah, I couldn't believe I was right there. A few you years ask ago, for their autograph. In, in <laughs> high, I was in high school. Watching them like meet at the quarterback. That's amazing because everyone that we talk to on this Skull Story segment, it doesn't matter who it is, they all had that moment, right? It, where, you, where you break a huddle or, or, or you know, you're waiting on the line of scrimmage and defense and you look across from you and there's, you know, there's Alan Page. Right. right? There's Randall yeah. McDaniel. There's John Randall. There's, you know, right. it, it's, 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 it's awesome. It's one of the greatest things I think that, a, that you can uh, go through. Yeah, one of the greatest franchises in NFL history, and hopefully, you know they'll continue to to build it and go to where 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 they need to go. And I'm hoping these guys get to experience what I experienced. I mean, we didn't win a Super Bowl, but it sure was fun getting there, you know, and being a part of it. And so, like, hopefully they can get there and win one because um, I, I think this franchise is deserving of it. And um, I'm you know I'm just hoping that. You know, I get to experience that with them. Well, Chuck, you've been a big part of this uh, franchise's history, and you will continue to do so. We always look forward to seeing you back here in the Twin Cities, and congrats again on and being added to the University of Miami Ring of Honor. Thanks for catching up with us uh, today as well for uh, sharing your school stories with us today. So take care of yourself, my friend, and we'll see you soon. Uh, we'll do that. Thank you both. Again, a big thank you to Chuck for joining the show tonight. Uh, okay, Pete, it's. Uh, yeah, it's border battle week, and these two teams could not be in different places, which is pretty unusual for the Vikings and the Packers. The Vikings, of course, fresh off that Monday night win, a very emotional win over the 49ers, now have to quickly shift their attention to a Packers team who are going through some growing pains with starting quarterback Jordan Love. What did you see from the Vikings' defense on Monday night that you think will carry over into the game plan against the Packers on Sunday? Well, we've had success against young quarterbacks, I think, with the multiple looks and the different things that we do on defense. So I think our ability to control the front, and and if you look at Green Bay, if there's a stark contrast from what we're used to to what I saw, at least against Denver, was their offensive front, their offensive line. Uh, we're so used to that group being you know wired tightly, 
not missing blocks, not getting pushed around, you know, controlling the line of scrimmage. And and I, I think Denver did a very, very good job with that. And because of because of that, it throws off timing. It throws off a lot of other things. Uh, they have a lot of injuries. We'll see how that plays out. You know, all throughout the week, they may be missing some talent, uh, some speed on the outside. Mm-hmm. You have to survive the Romeo Dobbs deep ball because he's going to throw a deep. He, Jordan Love has a, is really good with the deep throws, the, the the touch passes and the and the bombs and getting the ball down the field. But just like Justin Fields, there's so many times when guys are open. And he just he just won't throw it yet, right? He, he still has some growing to do in that respect. And when you see that on film, in my opinion, as a defensive coordinator, that opens the door to say, yes, we need to get after this guy. We have to make him uncomfortable. Mm-hmm. We're willing to risk coverage to make this guy take his eyes off his receivers and down the field and onto the pass rush. And we can do that. On the offensive side of the ball, I, I've never seen Kirk Cousins better than he when he was on, on Monday night. Everything was clicking. He was a man possessed out there. He's leading the league in a, a host of different categories. The offensive line kept him clean, no sacks, giving him time to hit a lot of different targets. How do you see this Vikings offense continuing to grow? And I guess I'll answer my own question. Maybe you yeah. will. They still left some points <laughs> out there, especially in the red zone, oh. deep into the red <laughs> zone. You can't get any deeper than first and goal from the one yard line, Rosie. No more, no, no more tush push. <laughs> you can't get any deeper in the red zone than <laughs> no, that. No, um, this is. I, I just see it as this: is that Cousins needs to be around the thirty pass attempts type of a game. You know, longer down the field. But I think that comes off of the running game. We have to run the football this week, and if we can run it at five yards a clip, the rest of it, you're going to get Addison deep. Right, you're going to have those things happen, but you have to run the football. So mm. don't think you're going to put Cousins on a 50, 50 pass attempt game and come away successful. If we can run the ball decently against the 49ers, we should be able to run the football against. Well, oh, the front. Vikings have worked so hard to get themselves back in this position to get back to 500. You can't let it slip away now. And I would think right. that there would be there would not be an emotional hangover for no other reason than you're playing the Packers at Lambeau. It, it, that's that's all that matters. And so <laughs> right. short week going into Lambeau. I love how Chuck Foreman, we talked to him, was saying, you know, you can't, you just don't like this team, right? And it's like, yeah, it's a short week. Who cares? This is the Packers, man. Doesn't matter if you had to play them tomorrow, right? We should, these guys should all be ready to go, and and uh, hopefully we'll see that. Well, the border battles are always appointment viewing. It's a noon kickoff at Lambeau Field Sunday with the TV broadcast over on KMSP Fox Nine locally. Of course, you can also catch the game right here all across the Vikings radio network. So be sure to tune into those local listings for details. Pete, always a pleasure having you on the show. Thank you, fans, for tuning in to another edition of Skull Stories presented by 3M, the official science partner of the Minnesota Vikings. We'll see you all again next week.